and welcome to a special episode of We the People. It's been 50 years since India launched the ambitious Project Tiger and milestones call for introspection. An assessment of what we've achieved and where we have fallen short, of what we set out to do and where we stand today. So tonight on We the People, we are looking back and looking ahead. One way of assessing where we stand is by looking at the numbers. The tiger population in India now stands at 3,167. That is what the latest tiger census or the tiger survey says. The data was released by Prime Minister Modi this morning to commemorate 50 years of Project Tiger. And while this is a tremendous achievement, what is the plan for the next 25 years? All numbers tell a story. What do we make of these numbers? How far have we come? Where are we headed? Today on We The People, we've put together for you a panel of India's most credible conservationists, naturalists and wildlife experts who've been passionate about the cause of tiger conservation in India. But first, we are thrilled to have Amitabh Bachchan on We The People tonight, who has used his agency, raised his voice and thrown his weight behind this cause. First, on We The People tonight, Amitabh Bachchan on today's Big Numbers. Namaskar, this is Amitabh Bachchan. On April the 1st, 1973, India launched its very ambitious Project Tiger to promote tiger conservation. Some years ago, NDTV, passionate about this project and the cause of tiger preservation, asked me to join them to ambassador their Save the Tigers campaign. It was a moment of great pride for me to be a part of this most laudable effort and to have partaken in several public interest events as also in a most memorable telethon which was conducted in the forests of a tiger reserve. Today, ladies and gentlemen, it can be proudly said that an agenda has been set for the nation. From being close to the alarming condition of the extinction of the mighty cat, the latest census gives us a figure of more than 3,000 tigers that roam our forests today. And those of you that may have watched the news this afternoon may have noticed that the Honorable Prime Minister, Rishi Narendra Modiji, announced that figure to be almost 3,167 tigers, up from a little over 2,000 within a year or so. A five-decade battle to save the tiger is on the path to success. But the road ahead is quite challenging. India today, and this you may want to know, is the world's greatest tiger stronghold. Home to 70% of the tiger population of the entire world. In the next 50 years, we must, as proud Indians, pledge to guard this treasure of ours. This is a very big deal. 
इसे सुरक्षित रखना हम सब भारतवासियों का कर्तव्य बनता है बहुत बहुत धन्यवाद So the road ahead is paved with challenges India is home to 70% of the world's tiger population and we must guard this treasure says Amitabh Bachchan but how exactly does one do that Bittu Sagar editor of Sanctuary Asia someone who's documented project tiger right from its inception through Sanctuary Asia thank you for joining us Mr Sagar Prime Minister Modi said today uh, as we announce these numbers that we as in india does not believe in conflict between the ecology and the economy but we give importance to the coexistence between the two in that context mr segal uh, put this figure 3167 into perspective for us please well uh, sir the first perspective is that you can't really count every single tiger it's a projection based on certain scientific facts that they collect and then they interpret but let's put it like this when balmik thapar and myself sat together 3 years before the year 2000 sometime around 1997 we thought that the tigers may not even survive for the next 3 years so to that extent i would say that we have an absolutely unmitigated success on our hands in terms of preventing extinction but we should be cautious before celebrating because while we count tigers incidentally when project tiger was actually launched it was said don't count the tigers find out when the water sources come back and you'll know that everything will come back as it is intended to the grasses come back the deer come back the tiger have food has food etc so at this moment in time the worry is you talked of the next 25 years the worry is we've probably lost 60% of all the forests in which we might have found a tiger pugma the day that that, that project tiger was launched in 1973 get that figure clear possibly 60% of the area where the tiger used to roam in thin numbers or thick have vanished our real problem now is to bring the forests back mm. in order to bring the tigers back with some degree of security so save the habitat and that would save the tiger that should be our mantra just looking at numbers whether it's 3000 2000 5000 doesn't really help or give you the big picture but how does one do that if you're a country of a billion people with developmental goals and ambitions when we want eight lane highways and we want bullet trains too <laughs> dr rajesh gopal former member of the indian foreign service the adg of project tiger member of secretary of the national tiger conservation authority general uh, secretary general of the global tiger forum So, how does one do that? Me, uh, I am somewhere outside the venue, conference venue. Can you hear me? Am yes, I sir. Audible? We hear you. Thank you so much. Uh, that's a very important question which Bitu has raised, my dear, uh, good old friend. So, you need a landscape approach. You need to be centrifugal. You need to engage with all uh, stakeholders who operate therein. so you can factor in the concerns of tiger and other cats big or small in the action portfolio where tiger is not the goal then only you can save the habitat that is precisely what was released today the vision document on the tigers you see for the next decade or so you need to your scale needs to be macro and cent- your approach needs to be centrifugal you need to see beyond the tiger source area so that you can engage with all these people so that they can 
safeguard those areas because these corridors pass through these land uses. You have a lot of land parcels and the landscape is under transformation. No country is exception to that because you have several agendas, several ownerships, several land uses, and most of them not, are not sustainable ecologically. That was it, Sarah. So, so the challenge is one of many challenges. Let's bring in Ulas yes. Karnath, who's a force of nature in the conservation world, a tiger conservation hero who has devoted his life to the understanding and protection of the endangered tigers of Asia, whose book I'm actually completely consumed by right now. Mr. Karanth, um, if you look back at the la last 50 years, the largest gains really have been in the first few decades, right? And as Amita Bachchan says, while this is a huge achievement, it's not time to rest on one's laurels. What are the challenges in place for Project Tiger now going forward, the next 25 years? See, the numbers uh, are important, but as you say, it's a different world now after 30 years of protection. See, initially uh, the uh, protection was confined to a few reserves. Uh, even now, the you know strictest protection probably is only in about uh, 30, 40,000 square kilometers. The vast expanse of 380 versus this 40 or 50 still remains poorly protected. And if you look at the most extensive forests in India, go to any forest map, they are in Chhattisgarh, Jharkhand, Orissa, and the northeastern hill states. And those are virtually bereft of tigers for the most part because there the conditions haven't changed from 1970. So we should be investing there and bringing back tigers on a larger scale mm -hmm. than pumping more and more money into the same set of reserves or a small set of reserves and some of them very poorly chosen and not deploying our resources wisely to really do what is achievable. That's the thing that bothers me. All right. So interesting. Another aspect brought up here, maybe expand the footprint. Anish Andheria, Dr. Anish Andheria, CEO of Wildlife Conservation Trust. Uh, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm hearing uh, what I heard from Dr. Karant. Uh, we have then the best habitats for tigers in the world, but in those parts of India, we don't necessarily have reserves there. No. So, no, no. The Western Ghats is a big area from Gujarat downwards to Kerala. There are a lot of protected areas, which means tiger reserves. Tiger reserves, tiger densities are stable or have slightly or marginally gone up. But there are interlinking corridors and corridors are extremely important for long-term sustenance of tiger populations. So if the tiger population uh, uh, has to be sustained over a long period of time, then there has to be immigration and emigration of tigers and prey in between these parks. And so these corridors are where tiger densities have gone down, which may have an impact uh, later on. Because if you don't have any movement of tigers, then a local threat can easily wipe out the tiger population, even in a good habitat. So Western Ghat does have the best habitats, but they are all inside tiger reserves. Central India is not like that. Central India has tigers both inside and also in the corridors. Some of the best tiger corridors in India are in Central Indian landscape between Pench and uh, Kana Tiger Reserves, also to the south of Kana, which is in Balagat region, also to the east of Tadoba. So Central India, especially Madhya Pradesh, Maharashtra, have done exceedingly well as far as tiger numbers go. But other states, not so much. So I'll can I also categorize those tiger reserves? Because India has 53 tiger 
and together we are looking at 75,700 square kilometers of uh, protected area, which means all of 53 tiger reserves. When you add them, the area is about 75,700 square kilometers. Of that, I would say uh, there are about seven states which have done well. Let me just understand. Oh, exactly. I just want to ask you that. So you're saying we have some 53 reserves in various states, maybe 18 states. How exactly would you ca- categorize the performance of these states? Yes. So I would categorize them in 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 three specific categories: the the best states, the intermediate states, and uh, poor uh, states with poor track record. There are. So we have tigers in 53 tiger, um, and these tiger reserves are distributed amongst 18 states. Of this, uh, seven states—I would say Madhya Pradesh, Karnataka, Uttarakhand, Maharashtra, Assam, and Tamil Nadu—have done well. Uh, there, the tiger population has gone up uh, in the last 10 years, or it is stabilized. the intermediate states are actually counterintuitive lot of people think rajasthan as one of better tiger states but actually it is because of ranthambore that rajasthan has a good name when it comes to tigers but beyond the ranthambore national park there is hardly any tiger population in in rajasthan you know that tigers had got wiped out from sariska has not yet bounced back like how panna actually has bounced back after extinction but sariska remains where it is so Uh, Rajasthan, Kerala, and West Bengal, I would say, are intermediate. They need to improve. West Bengal lost all tigers from those that is Baksa. However, they have a stable tiger population in Sundarmans. That's why I give them intermediate status. The the poor track record status, and you can imagine. So we have nine states which are either top or intermediate. Nine states have poor track record, starting with Telangana, Chhattisgarh, Andhra Pradesh, Jharkhand. Odisha, Bihar, Arunachal Pradesh, Mizoram, and Uttar Pradesh. So, 50% of all tiger states are actually uh, having a very poor, and it is not really changed in the last four years. So, when you have tiger numbers coming out year on year, or after every four years, uh, once we analyze why the numbers have gone up or down, the num the amount of action that one needs to take at the state level is not actually going in. So, we can keep putting these numbers out. but those states which were poor are still poor yeah they have not improved and i am sure that many more tiger reserves are going to lose all their tigers in the coming years um, and we wow. know uh, state of forest report that the good quality forest is actually getting degraded into uh, a poor quality and so the forest cover may go up but the quality habitats have actually gone down progressively over the last 10 years and this is uh, extremely worrisome and this can have huge impacts on tiger populations in the years wow. to come wow so that is a reality check perhaps that's what we needed to look at so you're saying basically we need a stronger pool uh, of uh, uh, tigers you know with stronger dna It talks about in breeding we need biodiversity we need to make sure we have a healthy immune system again it's not just down to the numbers so uh, dr gopal please come in over here uh, it sounds like that in a sense yes we have the numbers on the statistically we show that we have more tiger but that doesn't necessarily mean this is a healthy a thriving ecosystem we may have too many eggs in one basket or in one sanctuary not at all sara we have uh, six or seven uh, 
uh, uh, I mean, landscapes, tiger landscapes, they are there sustainably. Now, we have issues with certain reserves, as Anish was pointing out. Some areas are having long-standing left-wing extremism. Some areas, there are inherent biological carrying <coughs> capacity issues. They can't hold more tigers. So, you, even if you pack all these tiger reserves, 53 of them, to their biological carrying capacity, mind you, then you can't aspire to have more than 1,000 more tigers. So you, you don't want to invest in tiger agenda to make them pests in this uh, 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 human-dominated landscape. They have the general dynamics. And when people say 10,000 tigers, 20,000 tigers more, I don't agree with them. Because the landscape transformation is an ongoing phenomenon, and no country is an exception to this. Okay. Uh, and, and this is going to happen. It will keep happening. So you have to have populations uh, which are sustainable. You have to have yeah. diffused porosity of tiger genes so that you can have the people, the human wildlife conflict, human tiger conflict in check. That, what, that is what it is. That is what tiger science is all about. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Sagal, so yes, how does one arrive at then what is the right number of tigers? I mean, all of this is such a complex and hats off to all of you who've spent your lives uh, in these spheres and fields. But how does one then arrive at what is the right number of tigers, given the fact that also, you know, the onus of the responsibility of uh, the global tigers protecting them seems to be like falling on India because we have 70% of the world's uh, global tigers. I think it's a great credit to our people that we have those many tigers here because I think somewhere in our DNA there is a certain respect, a reverence, religion, all kinds of things at play. But uh, one thing is very clear. I disagree with Rajesh Opal. I think we can hold a lot more tigers. But in order to do that, we have to rethink why we are protecting tigers. It's not just a numbers game. Of course, we have to find out how many estimate, how many tigers there are. But at this point in time, Project Tiger was one of the world's first scalable rewilding projects. At that point, people were not planting trees inside. They left it to the, what you might call the landscape engineers of the wild, which is the butterflies, the birds, the bees, the monkeys, the deer. It was natural regeneration. We, our job was to prevent artificial fires, to prevent poaching, and to prevent the encroachment of these areas from the outside. And nature would do the rest. At this point, I would like to give our viewers right now, a very, very clear, single, one-line rationale. If we protect the tigers and enhance their habitat, then what Ulas Karanth has been saying for a long time will come true. We can accommodate more tigers, but we will need to make sure that those areas are rewilded. Now, we are not going to be able to rewild them with sanctuaries and national parks, but one of the infirmities of Project Tiger, say in 1970s, early 80s, was that the people living around the tiger reserves did not benefit from the restoration of biodiversity. Today, we see in Maharashtra, steps have been taken. People are now asking for their areas to be declared as buffer areas because they are actually earning money because biodiversity is coming back. It's not just tourism. When we enhance the physical area, we turn, say, meat, say you know, either, either tattered, torn or partially working farms back into, into really regenerated grasslands and, and, uh, and, and forest habitats. What The first thing that happens is we pull atmospheric carbon down. Project Tiger is one of the world's most effective climate control infrastructures. 
they supply water there's huge economic benefits that come not just the gate money the connection between biodiversity you talked of immune system i'm saying that the biodiversity and the biosphere itself is the immune system of the planet when we do that i can assure you when when people begin to benefit from the tiger jo yamdoot tha jab annadata ban jayega logon ke liye or this is a matter of policy this is what niti ayog should be sitting down this is what the ministry of environment and forest should be sitting down to do we will find ourselves giving the tiger more space and in return the tiger will give us sustenance climate control water supply all those various things our economics are skewed we don't have a minus button on the calculator there we just look at these reserves as being negative to the to the economy in truth this is long term economics at play and, and it will be greatly useful to this country to expand tiger habitats it will it will control climate it will reduce floods it will reduce droughts and it will probably give anywhere so we would gain several million wealth. jobs so we would gain in green wealth but we have uh, uh, dr ulas karanth here so dr karanth let me ask you this question how many tigers do you think we can have i asked this question to valmik thapar uh, because we have we've gone up in num- in the numbers of our uh, uh, reserves no, right? i will answer your question other people may have other opinions we have 3 lakh 80000 square kilometers of forest where tigers can exist in spite of the all the history we still have 3 lakh and even if you assume an average density of 5 tigers per 100 square kilometers which is not difficult to achieve in in these forests with reasonable protection we have actually achieved 10 or more in many of the best reserves but if we do that we can still have 10000 tigers but we never had that aspirational goal it mm. was all about particularly after 2004 it became all about spending money expanding area uh, and doing things which were not needed that mission drift has worried me mission drift has worried me all right i i do want to squeeze in uh, valmik thapar uh, just to give us a big picture valmik thapar who's had 48 years of work with tigers who authored some over 40 books mainly on tigers and wildlife uh, valmik thapar where do we go from here how do we build on this painstaking very complex uh, uh, achievement could you just give us five action points for the future i look at it as a five point program these are my priorities after 48 years of experience the first and most important is training we have to get state of the art training to all our forest staff who looks after the land of the tiger and the senior level middle management every year for one month they should get an understanding of what the tiger needs what are the problems that have increased how they can refresh their strategies to get better results so training is essential at field levels but also in the national tiger conservation authority anyone who joins the ntca must be trained in understanding the tiger and its needs you can't just depute forest officers to the national tiger conservation authority and if the national tiger conservation authority starts looking after cheetahs that should be a separate cell you can't mix up tiger conservation and cheetah conservation so the ntca needs senior level training for them to get a hands on approach to what tigers need in site specific situations secondly i think we need joint management teams at the field level which means we need to contract independent experts and consulting experts wildlife scientists rural developmental experts who work 
as a team with the field director. They are contracted for five to ten years. Our younger generation needs to have the opportunity to take decisions, not to be listened to and do a yap, yap, yap in various committees, but actually be in the field and get their hands dirty working with the field administration. So a new, fresh approach to how the outside world mingles with the government to take decisions for the tiger. Thirdly, all our tiger reserves are ringed by villages. We need to find a more inclusive approach where we encourage village wildlife volunteers. These are the younger generation who live in villages who should be given some camera traps, a smartphone, and they provide very important information on the movement of wild animals on the edges, what's going out, what's happening, any illegal happenings that are coming into the park, be it poachers or woodcutters. This army of conservation should not enter with, with villages that are all around. So one person from one village, about 50 to 100 people in every one of these 53 tiger reserves. It makes an, a new army of conservation, which I think is really, really important. Then we need a rewilding strategy. The buffer areas, which are very degraded, some are held privately, some have degraded agricultural land, some have revenue land. There should be a mapping of this area to see how much we can extend our tiger reserves. So the spillover of animals, the spillover of tigers, and the spillover of wildlife is contained and animals have more space to move around. This needs strategic planning. You need to work with villagers. You need to work with the stakeholders. You need to work with different government departments. This, to me, is really vital if we are going to make and have a healthy base to our population. Hmm. Look at tourism differently. We need a new reformed policy. At the moment, about 18% of our tiger reserves is allowed for tourism. We need to rotate these areas regularly. That means every two, three years, a new area is given for tourism. Hmm. The old is allowed to relax. We don't do enough of this. So we have tourism and it goes on in the same area year after year, year after year. But we need to change it. We need to be flexible. Yes. We need to understand what visitors want from a process. And when you combine all these things, you get a more inclusive way to managing wild tigers. At the moment, we don't do that. We are shrouded in secrecy. Nobody reveals what's happening. They do things on their own. And we should have a much more transparent approach towards tiger conservation. All right. And, uh, and, and more conversations on on uh, tiger cons converse conservation thank you all for joining us on we the people where we have tried to take this beyond the figures beyond the numbers thank you for joining us on we the people where we believe it's important to speak up but also to listen thank you for being part of this conversation <laughs>